Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Today I'm going to be speaking on that, on die to live. Everyone say die to live. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. And even if you don't have it, well, we'll have it on the screen for you. Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading verses uh, 1 and 2, 5 and 7 through 10. Just jumping around for a little bit. And it says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. Everyone say raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have been taken off of your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, God. And we pray, God, that you would issue a challenge to us today, Father, of what it's like, Lord, to set our mind on heavenly things, my God, and not things of this world. We pray, God, that your spirit would move in us and convict us. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, um, before this job, I worked at a group home, right? And uh, it was a level 12 group home, and it was um, kind of a rehab, right? That's where they had... uh, young teenagers between the ages of, uh, I believe it was 13 to 18, that were pretty much wards of the court. They were, um, nobody wanted them. Their, their, their parents were drug addicts. And so they bring them to our place in hopes that they would get better. And so this is kind of their last stop before going to juvie indefinitely, you know what I mean? And so working at this group home, um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever um, experienced bipolar whether it's with yourself or with someone you know or um, watching a movie, you know, um, I don't know. In, in any way, shape, or form, how many of you guys have ever encountered bipolarness? So to speak. You know, and nothing against it. I get bipolar sometimes. But I just remember, you know, this um, certain client that I had who was uh, very interesting. Uh, the first day on the job, she pretty much galloped to the, the staff door where I was and uh, I was getting things ready for the day, and, and she said, you're new on a job, right? I was like, yeah, I'm new staff here, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, hi. And she told me her name, and, and then she asked me, what's your name? I said, oh, I'm T, you know? And so I felt cool. She was in a good mood, chopping it up for a little bit. And so uh, she, I'm getting her meds ready, so I give her her medication, and then she goes back to uh, get ready, and then I go back to do paperwork. All right, so I'm like, okay, cool. I could get used to this. You know, she's pretty nice, right? And I don't know what happened back when she was getting ready, But she comes back to me at the staff door and because they can't cross a certain line. And she storms at the door and she's just cussing me out for no reason. I'm like, wow. Like, like literally cussing me out. Not like, you know, crap or but like like F-bombs left and right. And I'm like looking at this girl. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Why is she doing this to me? Right. I didn't do anything to you, you know. And so she's cussing me out and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. So I just know I got to stay clear from her. Right. So we're getting ready. Fast forward. About to take him to school. And so she hops in the passenger seat because she's riding shotgun. It's her cook night. So when you, it's your cook night, you get to ride in the front seat. And so as she's getting ready to hop in the front seat, I just remember thinking, like, dude, I just got to be careful of this girl, right? She's in a bad mood. I don't know what happened. She just cussed me out. And so all of a sudden, she just goes, like, are you ready to go to school? I'm like, what? 
Like, it was just like night and day. Like, with, like in the past 40 minutes, she just transformed into three different personalities. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I experienced bipolar. I have saw it before, and I think I've had it at times. But that was the first time that I saw it in such a dramatic way where I can say in my mind, that is bipolar syndrome or whatever you want to call it. And, and I remember having that, that incident. And so in what we just read right now, Colossians chapter 3, Paul is addressing the, the, the people of Colossae. And they're at this point where they just became saved, that they're converting. And he's traveling throughout, and he's just such passion in his heart to deliver the gospel. And so he's pretty much reminding them, remember, you got to set your minds on the things above. You know, they have this new identity they're taking on. And he's telling them to focus in on the things above and not on the earthly things. And I noticed that there's something about us today where we live bipolar. And what do I mean by that? We're dabbling in two different worlds. We're a part of the earthly or the heavenly desires, right? We want God and we pursue God and we're passionate. But on some days we're bipolar and we switch over to the earthly mindset. And we focus in on the things of this world and the things that surround us in this earth. And I've never seen it so clear in my life. Not only with my client, but even in just reading Colossians chapter 3. Paul knew that there would be a time in our life as new believers. A time in our life of people of the faith. Where we would get so consumed with the things of this world that we forget what we should be fixated on. And that's the things above. The heavenly things. We can't be bipolar and dabble into two different things. Sometimes we as believers live bipolar. Some days we're super earthly. Some days we're super heavenly. I'm not saying you can be perfect. You know, there's days where you're angry. There's days where, where there are things that will push you over. But if you're so focused and fixated on the things of Christ, then you know how to have a right mentality. You know how to deal with different situations without blowing up. And I love this reminder that Paul gives us that it's like, um, if you watch Batman, Joker, you know how he has like all these different personalities in him. You drive yourself crazy when you do that. You know, and you wonder as a believer, why is it that you're, you're temperamental or you're, you're feeling some sort of way at certain times? It's because we're living that bipolar syndrome. We're, 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 we're cussing staff out one day and then the next day we're like, hey, you know, you ready to go to school? We live like that sometimes. It's the God honest truth. We live bi- with this bipolar thing and I love what verse 5 says. It says this, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And it goes on and lists certain things. The reason why we struggle in living with the heavens and on earth is because the thing that God told us to put to death, we try to control. And what do I mean by that? You, some of us that struggle with certain things or ideas or anger or pornography, whatever the situation is, bitterness, We try to control the bitterness. We try to control the anchor. But God says, don't control it. He says, put that thing to death. You need to kill those things. And a lot of times we're trying to go out there and transform the world and and, and, and be a better person in in front of our peers and in front of our workplaces. But the thing is, they influence us more because we haven't put certain things to death. We try to control secular music, and then when they play it, all of a sudden they influence us with that. Because we were supposed to put that junk to death, but we just try to control it. We try to control our our lustful desires and going from five days a night to two days a night when God said to put that thing to death. But we try to control it. And I believe that that's a reminder that Paul wants to remind us with this today. Stop trying to control the very thing that God said to kill off, to murder, to literally annihilate and put that thing away. Shut that back door. Stop letting things sneak in. 
Stop letting them influence you more. And, and I get it. Some of us have the right intentions. We go out there. And, and, and I was telling, it's like youth conferences. We have kids that are so on fire for God. When I was running youth before, uh, before I got this job. And I noticed that when we would take the kids out to youth conferences, they'll be on fire. And it's not fake. It's real. They've encountered God and they feel it. But when they go back to school, then I hear, oh, this and this is happening. And my grades are slipping, whatever. And then all these things are happening. And it's like, how could I have just saw you? I've seen you just cry your eyes out to God. And then all of a sudden, something's not going right in school. Or you get into the wrong relationship. It's because they're so consumed and conditioned and familiar with their earthly desires that when they did have that little spark of heaven at a conference, it was unfamiliar. It was foreign to them. And that's the thing. The problem with us today is we're so familiar with this kind of lifestyle. What do I mean? It's the right intention to join a ministry and you feel the need for the community to reach out to the poor, to, to, to do whatever God has called you to. But then all of a sudden it, it turns into a, a different situation because you see the pastor walking down and now you want to serve a little bit harder. You know, or you see somebody walking down and, and now you want to be a little bit more passionate. You have the right intentions at first, but then the thing that God has called you to do somehow becomes an idol to you where you worship the promotion at work or you, or you worship a position. And now I'm not saying promotions are bad things. I want those. Everybody wants those. But if that becomes your main focus to achieve a title more than it is to change the world the way God has called you to, that's where it's an issue. That's where it becomes a problem for us. And every single one of us, we have dreams of, of becoming the, the, the next best person and excellent. That's good. But if it becomes for the reasons to receive the accolades from men or, or to receive recognition from men or, or all the applause from men, then you're trying to get approval. You're not trying to get his approval. You're getting the wrong kind of attention. And I remember months ago or years ago, I would say, I posted a, a, a deep quote on, on uh, uh, Facebook. And I was trying to... Um, I was in one of those deep moments with God, right? I got a deep revelation. And I remember posting it on Facebook, and I couldn't wait to get, see how many comments I got, see how many likes I got on that, on that thing. And that thing's been up for five hours, and I only got three likes. Not even a comment on there. Not even one comment. You know what I did? I took it down. I was so embarrassed. Not that anybody knows it, but this is the approval of men sinking its way in my life. The approval of social media sinking its way in my life. If I need to put things to death, I need to put them to death all the way. I love what David did. When David defeated Goliath, hit him with a stone, big boy collapsed. And I'm pretty sure he's dead because of how high the fall is. But to make sure this takes place, David goes up to that sucker and he cuts the head off. He wants to make sure it's dead. He doesn't want it to to just know that it's dead, but he wants to make sure it's dead. You got to go back and make sure those things are dead. Put to death the, the earthly desires. You need to put those things to death. The reason why we live bipolar syndrome is because we're too busy trying to control what God said to kill. A little bit of pride while leading. A little bit of shame while teaching. And, 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 you know, the thing is you would think that it's, you know, pride or whatever. But sometimes when you're too shameful to live out your desire, you need to kill that. You need to murder that thing, that victim mentality that you have. I always say that. I think I feel like I always say this when I preach. But Pastor Dan always says it may not be your fault that you are the way you are. But it's your fault if you choose to stay there. And that's, it's a victim mentality that we have, you know? Man, that was Pastor Dan's point. Thank you for the applause, you know? 
But seriously, I think that we think that because we have a victim mindset, woe is me, that, you know, look at the, the side of the tracks that I grew up on. Look at what happened to me or look at this situation that happened when I was younger. And we use that victim mindset thinking that we're excused from the call of God because God knows our situation. But you need to kill, your, kill those, those desires as well. You need to kill that, that. It's a desire to feel wanted, to feel needy, to feel accepted, to feel like you're somebody. You need to kill those desires because God has a plan for you, but you're too busy having a pity party amongst yourself. He's called you for greater things and better things. Your intentions are absolutely pure in wanting to serve God wholeheartedly. But why do we go back? Because we, we, we fully haven't killed it. And uh, something I, I realized that, that the things that we, we strive for, and, 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 and I'm only saying this because I've seen it a lot of times, that you have those individuals, I hope the kids are in class, but those individuals that are on Facebook that, that post, and I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not talking about selfies, and I ain't tripping about selfies, but you have those individuals that are posting a picture saying, check out my new haircut, but they're focusing in on their cleavage. They want approval. You, you get what I'm saying? I'm going to go there. You, you, you want to be a, a, a leader and, 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 or do crazy things for the Lord, and, and you're trying to find approval from the wrong things. You want approval. That's what it is, and, and it kills me when I see that. It kills me when people post statuses like me and don't get, you know, don't get any likes, and so they take it down. That, that's the need of approval from men. I lived it. But when you set your mind and your heart on the things above and not the things of this earth— Things begin to shift in your life. No longer do you live with these pressures and wanting to fit in and the society, what they tell you to act the part, to look the part. Because you're so fixated on what God wants you to be, how he wants you to look, that you don't trip about anybody else around you. And that's the mindset we need to get into. I'm sorry, this is not one of those messages that make you feel emotional. It's, it's, it's more of a challenge. Every person that's sitting in this building today is, is a believer of God. And, and even whether you're super passionate or you're just taking baby steps, you believe in God. You're here for a reason. You're curious about something. And so this is a reminder for you too as well, for myself, that in everything that I do, I want to focus my mind and my heart. Everything that I do, I want to focus it in on heaven's perspective and not what the earth has to offer me. You know, I'm in a traveling group with Shoebox, and we go around and we do shows. And we hit up the Bay Area or, or, or wherever it is that they want us, or even traveling with Master's Commission. And there are times where I, f- I could feel some things kind of creeping up in there, trying to sneak in that back door that I, I, God told me to kill a long time ago. I'm good now, don't worry, you know. But there, there, are, there are times, because you're in the public's eye, that you do things to get a response out of the crowd. Oh, they clapped right there. Oh, they said amen on that point. And the earthly desire I have is to hear response from Yah more than it is to deliver the message that my heavenly father has sent me to speak. We've all done that. Set your mind and heart on things above, things that matter, things that have a lasting effect. Everything will die. The approval of men of men will die when you, when you leave this place. The, the job you're trying to seek, the promotion you're trying to, trying to seek, the title you're trying to seek, promotion's a good thing. But if it's for the wrong reasons, those things that you're trying to seek, those things will die when you're here. Eventually, you go to heaven and it's just your soul. It's nothing else. What kind of strongholds have, have occupied your mind? What kind of things or mentalities I know every single human being on the face of this planet desire heavenly things. We want the things of God. We, we want his, his faithfulness, his goodness, his gentleness. We want those things, the fruits of the spirit. We desire those things. 
But sometimes there's those different mentalities or those different issues or those different thoughts or doubt that sneaks in. What different mentalities do you need to die to? What, what, what kind of things or, or voices that are in your head? What things do you need to die to? And not even things. For, for those of us that are connected to bad relationships, and I'm not talking just boyfriend and girlfriend relationships, but people that you know you need to cut off and you need to die to those relationships. It's not what do, what do you need to die to in that sense. It's who do you need to die to? What do you need to die to? And who do you need to die to? this picture four hours ago and I only got 12 likes and the dude I like he didn't even like it I do all these things to try to get him to notice me I put on makeup I fix my hair up all nice I dress up and he still doesn't give me a second look all I want is for someone to tell me that I'm pretty to tell me that I'm worth it. All I want is to be loved and accepted. Is that too much to ask for? I mean, I sure as heck didn't get it from my dad. That guy's always in and out of prison. And when he's out, all he does is treat me like crap. Now verbal abuse was his specialty with his words he made me feel unloved unwanted and insecure he's beating me up so much mentally I don't even know who I am anymore who am I and what do I look like mirror mirror on Facebook tell me how my life should look mirror mirror on Instagram Show me who I really am. Now, not looking good enough for them is my biggest fear. fear. Timid and insecure. I see myself speaking in front of thousands and thousands. The stage is set. The lights are on. It's game time. The crowd is here. The broken and the lost are present. Revival could happen today. But then again... Who am I? To be honest, I'm afraid. What if I mess up? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't live up to their expectations? You see, I allow fear to throw me down, push me around, and knock me over. Because I was afraid to step up, some other dude took my spot. You see, don't get me wrong, it's not about pleasing man, but pleasing God. And because of fear, I allowed other individuals to please and serve God more than I. And to be honest, that truly made me bitter. I can't take this anymore. Call me a quitter, I'm throwing in a towel. Because last night, I got the worst news ever. Pops got stage four cancer. Yes, my father, a man who branched off three children, 
and who soon go to this place called heaven. He's got four more days to see. And the only person I blame is this God. He calls himself a healer. He calls himself to restore. He says he's perfect. Man, he didn't do nothing. You see, I love my pops. The one thing I cherished and valued the most was our relationship. Which personality do you need to die to? Every single one of us at one time or another let bitterness sneak in. And we need to die to that. And the stories that we shared were a lot of things that we as a team had to die to. Whether it was their personal story or they were sharing someone else's. We did it for the sake of the family that was here. But we noticed in our team how some of my students almost had to go home and were bitter about God and life and all these things because they don't understand what it means to hear a phone call that their mother has cancer or that their family member has sicknesses in their body. So they had to die to bitterness to receive the full life of Christ. And granted, nine months is not enough time because we're continuing to get discipled. But I believe a lot of these stories are true for us today. Fear is the thing that messes me up. Every single one of us can relate with the fact that we know that God has called us to step up in some areas in our life. Whether it's being a better father, a better mother, whether it means getting over yourself and finally turning into application. Whether it means going to school and pursuing more that God has called you to do. In one way or another, you're fearful of things because doubt creeps in. Because there's words that were spoken over your life. Because there's naysayers that you encountered. You might have been so close to turning that thing in. But you ran into somebody at the door. And so you took your tail back into your home. And you got comfortable again. You need to kill that fear in your life. Relationships. Bad ones for that. I got 90%, 80% girls on my team. And you don't know how bad it is that they desire to feel loved and wanted and needed, even if it's a bad relationship. And I love what we heard in midweek a few weeks ago. Some females would rather have bad love than no love at all. They just want acceptance. 
They want someone to, to be there with them and to, to fill their needs and their wants and their desires. And we had to die to some of those things this year as well. There was a bunch of things we, we had to die to. And we, 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 it's hard because we get so connected to those things. We, we become cousins with bitterness. We, we've had it around our life for so long, we become related to it. And so watching bitterness leave is kind of hard for you because you're so connected with it. No, kill it off. Kill those things off. One thing I love what Pastor Matt shared with me, he said, in the world it's all about self-preservation, which is true. Because I was like, man, what does it mean to die? Die to yourself to live. But we live in a time where everybody's trying to look better, trying to lose weight, trying to make their life on earth last longer. Botox or plastic surgery or different things and eye cream. I'm fine with eye cream, but I'm saying like we're trying to find ways to preserve our lifetime on earth. When in the world it's all about self-preservation, but in Christianity it's all about dying. Dying to those things, dying to yourself. Countless scriptures, Matthew 10, 38, 39. You can look it up when you get a chance. Galatians 2, 20, Galatians 5, 24, Philippians 1, 21. All around the theme of dying to yourself. You want to take up your cross and follow me, then it's going to cost you a lot. You're going to have to kill some things. You're going to have to bury, let the, be- the dead bury the dead. I-, I love what Jesus said. I'm like, dang, that's, that's pretty brutal. But it's real. You really want to follow me. And it's crazy how much pressure, and I'm not hating on my parents, but a lot of my conversations with these students have been because of pressures from their parents of wanting them to do this and wanting them to do that. And even when I was in college, I remember there was a group of us that were hanging out and everybody went around and they were like, dude, I don't even know why I'm trying to major in this. I don't even know why I'm going to school for this. And one of them said, I know why. Does your mom want you to do that? Yeah. Does your dad want you to do that? Yeah. Does your parents want? They're doing it because their parents and the pressures from them. And I felt like I was the only one that was really pursuing liberal arts because I knew it was a part of my call. Communications because I knew it was a part of my call. But approval, trying to make parents look good, is real on this team. I love you, parents. But when judgment day comes, they stand alone before God. Not your dreams and your desires. Not the things that you want to pursue in life. It's the things that they want and that God has called them to. No disrespect to you, don't get me wrong, but pressure is real from from a cousin or family members or whatever the case is. Bitterness is real. Sicknesses happen in our life. I get that. My dad is fine. My dad doesn't have stage four cancer, but that was a a, a situation. And we wanted to switch up the roles for the sake of family members being here. We didn't want to put anybody on blast, but there were times in this team, in this year, where bitterness was real in some of their lives because they didn't understand why would God call me nine months away from home when back at home in Hawaii, I have a grandmother that just passed away. Those things were real. And I know they're definitely just as real for you as well. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I love the songs that we sing. There's a song, I don't even know, I'm going to sound like Pastor Matt. But it says, resurrection power is in there somewhere. But we sing about these songs, about the resurrection power, about Christ raising from the dead. And we're, we're rising with him. And those things are true. But you can't be raised in the resurrection with Christ if you haven't died in the first place. 
you want to rise with Christ and you, you want to be a part of the resurrection and seeing all the signs and wonders and miracles take place in your life and watching things flourish and things coming alive within a snap of a finger, it's possible, but you got to die first because it's impossible for something to resurrect if it hasn't died in the first place. Die to live. What things need to die in our life in order for Christ to live in us? What mentalities, what concepts, what things in our life that we need to die to? If you want to follow Christ, you have to die to your earthly desires. No more bipolarness. Everybody repeat after me. Say, no more bipolarness. Auntie Betty knows what I'm talking about. No more bipolarness. That's kind of been the theme of our team. Like I said, it's not one of those like, oh, man, I feel the, the love of God. Because more than anything, you probably feel like, oh, shoot, I, I got to get some things right. I got to cut some people off. I, I got to stop talking to certain individuals. My goodness, who am I chilling with? The reason why my spiritual growth is being stunted is because of the music I'm listening to or the people I'm hanging around with. You really want to see God transform your life? Take up your cross and follow him. I dare you to do it. We don't create disciples or, or, or make disciples of all nations because it's cute. It's a demand from God. That even when I wasn't working his job as a master's commission director, I felt the heavy call of God to disciple young people. I felt the heavy call of God to do things, but in order for that to happen, I had to make sure that things were set right in my life. Set it right, right? I had to make sure that things were set right in my life. I guarantee you, you're going to watch things flourish around you. You're going to watch things around you in your work environment or at home or in your businesses or in your family you're going to watch things skyrocket the moment you decide to let heaven be your focus and not the accolades or the accomplishments that men would give you they call us the microwave generation that offended me they said that that we're all about quick results that if you want dinner you put siamine in the microwave or top ramen in the microwave top ramen you want dinner fast and you put a hungry man thing in the microwave and then and it warms up in three minutes or so they call us the microwave generation because they want things right away instantaneously right away if i do this oh my gosh i'm gonna get this in, in return for that but if you about the father's business about that kingdom mentality and about heaven's perspective it says that the last shall be first everything is flipped if you want to lead you got to serve everything is flipped but that's a heavenly mindset Unfortunately, we live in a time where we feel pressure to do things that the world wants us to do. And that becomes our model in life. That becomes the reason why we live. Because somebody's watching me serve, I'm going to serve. But the end of Colossians 3, I love what it says. It tells servants, when you serve your master, don't do it because your master is right there watching you. But do it as if God is watching everything you're doing. When you guys serve at work and when you serve in the places that God has called you to. Don't do it because you want to gain a title or you want to gain something out of it. But do it simply because you know that your heavenly father, where it really matters, that he's watching you. What things do we need to die to? What mentalities? What perspectives? What ideas? Because having a pity party kind of approach to life is just as bad as someone who's just living flat out rebellious to the call of God. Same thing. It's equivalent because you're both not living out your call. And delayed obedience is just as bad as disobedience. It's just as negative. It's just as bad. And so right where you are, if you do me a favor, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.